what did I do that made them feel loved? Was it little affirmation here and there? Like, oh, I'm so proud of you. Or was it a hug after a, like a hard day? And it was just really cool to see what they came up with. Welcome to the Secrets of Supermom show, where we explore how successful, busy moms battle overwhelm, beat burnout, and stay happy in the process. I'm your host, Lori Oberbreckling, wife, mom of four, corporate executive, photographer, and author of the book, Secrets of Supermom, how extraordinary moms succeed at work and home, and how you can too. Hey, hey, friend, welcome to episode number 80 of the Secrets of Supermom show. This episode is sponsored by the Supermom Society. The Supermom Society is a private community for busy moms that want to do more in less time. Get strategies, community, clarity, and all the support you need to be a positive, present mom and a productive human in whatever life brings to the table. Each month, you will walk away with a plan for your next month and even your next quarter and year, new time management and parenting skills, and all your questions answered from a group of moms who are ready to beat burnout and stay happy in the process. I can't wait to show you what it's like to have more time, less stress, and a community to hold you up. Head to thesupermomsociety.com for all the details. If you are listening to this podcast live, if you're listening as it comes out, yesterday my kids had their first day of school. And I am willing to bet that if you are not to the first day of school yet, you're probably getting close. And my guest today has some ideas that she is sharing to really create calm and love and routines as you hit this change, because it is certainly a change from summer, right? So our guest on the podcast today is my friend Michelle Gano. And I met Michelle in an author's group. Uh, We were both published authors and we were in a group together, but we really connected with our focus on parenting. And so Michelle has a brand new course called Fixer Upper Parenting. She's a mom of three. Her youngest was literally just born. She's tiny. Uh, And she's a former school mom of over 100 kids. As a teacher, her focus was really to make sure her students always felt loved and emotionally secure. And she even had lots of students placed with her because she was so excellent at this. So in her parenting, she has applied these same tools and she can see how they're just working like magic. So she knows that time flies quickly and she can see that with her own children. And so her mission is really to share practical tools with other families so that they can really enjoy those early years, those middle years, and that they can build a childhood that their kids really want to remember. Um, I am so, so happy to introduce you to Michelle today. Hey, hey, friends, welcome to the show. I'm super excited to have Michelle with me today. Welcome to the show, Michelle. Thank you so much for having me, Lori. So I met Michelle because we're both authors, um, but we are going to talk a deep dive into parenting today. We know that as super moms, we are doing a lot of things, right? We are running businesses and we are working in um, amazing high-performing careers and we are staying at home with our kids. And sometimes we're doing all three of those things. And one of the things that I hear from moms is that they're, they feel really good about working and then they struggle in parenting, right? They have kind of had all of these years where they've developed a career and then they have babies and they want to do that so perfectly and so beautifully and exactly how they've done their career. And it's like, <laughs> and they just are not getting, uh, it, things are not coming as easily because parenting is hard and different kids are hard. And it's just so different from anything that we've done in our, you know, even like high performer, successful career. So I'm really excited to dig into some parenting today, but first, Michelle, if you will just tell us a little bit about you and your family. 
Sure. So I have almost three kids. Mm -hmm. I'm currently pregnant and um, I'm about to have a baby in two months approximately. And so by the time this airs, they will be out into the world. But I have a three-year-old son, Brayden, and a one-year-old daughter, Savannah, and then a little munchkin on the way. We don't know what it is yet. So we're very excited. <laughs> so fun. I do not, uh, I am I am not in the, I could wait until the baby is born. I knew all of my babies and I, even the last one, they did like the blood test where they just call you on the phone and they're like, hi, do you want to know what you're having? And you're like, sure. And they're like, you're having a boy and it's for sure. And it's super weird, super, super weird. So, um, so congratulations for being able to keep it together and keep the secret. That's very exciting. Yeah. I've always wanted to try a surprise. So I was like, let's just do it for this one. Yeah. Well, and so you're about to be really, um, like she said, when this airs, she's going to be right in the thick of all of the parenting, because that is a lot of littles all together at the same time. So it's going to be, you will have some really fun adventures. So I'm excited to hear, to hear more as, uh, as everything progresses, but we actually are talking about parenting specifically today. So you have a new program called fixer for parenting, right? Mm-hmm. And so what made you want to create this course? What made you think this is really needed? Yeah, absolutely. So as you mentioned, I am an author as well, and I've published three books. And there was always, um, as an author, you're just always writing ideas down. And you have this long list that you just want to get to. And you're like, okay, that'll be a book one day. That'll be a book one day. And there was this one list that I kept adding things to from just my own parenting, but mostly from my teaching days. So I was an elementary school teacher. And I had a lot of, I had a very different classroom than most classrooms. And the way that I taught um, was because I had a lot of students who just needed a lot of love in a different way than just teaching academics. And so a lot of the activities that I have, they're very hands-on and even just conversations or quick things that you can do with your kids. um, It really transformed my classroom. And then now being a parent, I've tried those with my own kids and I've just seen it work miracles. um, And it's just been so fun seeing the different age ranges experience the same activities, but really get a lot out of them. Yeah, I think so. Basically you were, you know, you're in the classroom and then you're in, in the parenting world and Mm -hmm. these same things, these same ways to communicate, these same ways to show love, these same activities are really effective for, for both. Right. And, and also needed. Right. So I'm, mm-hmm. I assume that you probably saw parents that are struggling. I know that with your books, you've probably had feedback from parents that are mm-hmm. struggling and we don't always know what to do. We don't always know what steps to take or, and it's, it's so hard to say, well, just try a million things. It's like, well, what do I start with? What could I try? Yeah, exactly. Right? It's like, give me something. That's yeah. the one thing that I love about this course. It's like everything is just hands-on and it's like a quick printable. You can try it that day. And it's not like a whole prep thing uh, beforehand. So as a busy mom myself, I work full-time. I have the kids home and I do this on the side as well in the mornings and nights when I'm kid-free for the le- very little time I have. But, um, Um, yeah. And so it's like, I get the busyness. And so I just wanted to give parents something that was just quick, easy, and very effective too. So it's been really like, this is definitely my favorite project I've ever worked on. It's something I'm really proud of. Oh, so fun. So 
part of today, we're going to actually get to experience a little bit of, um, of some of the activities, right? We are going to talk a little bit more in depth about them um, because we do as parents want to say, okay, well, what could I try? Right. We want to, and so we want to walk away from this podcast and go, okay, I'm going to try this with my kids tonight, or I'm going to try this with my kids this morning, uh, whenever you're listening. So you have an activity that is called how I feel loved. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Can you tell me more about it. Yeah. So this was inspired by, I don't know if you know the book, the five love languages by Gary Chapman. So that was definitely my inspiration. Cause I just love that book. And, um, and there's a version for kids too. So in case your listeners would benefit from that too, but um, this is an activity that I did in my classroom and I just sat them in a circle and I was very big with like conversations and discussions. And I just asked them, I said, I want to know how you feel loved by me. I want to know how you feel loved by your mom. I want to know how you feel loved by your dad, by all the important people in your life. Um, and I thought that was just a really important thing because so many times, um, even for ourselves, like I'm a very physical touch person. So I love like snuggling and holding my kids, but then sometimes they might push away and I'm like, okay, maybe that's not how they want to be comforted right now. And I have to be okay with that, which I am because I understand that, you know? So with my class, I asked that question and I had them fill it out um, on just a piece of paper. And the responses were just amazing because I knew then as a teacher, okay, what did I do that made them feel loved? Was it little affirmation here and there? Like, oh, I'm so proud of you. Or was it a hug after a, like a hard day? And it was just really cool to see what they came up with. So I've tried that with my own kids and it's just fun to hear their responses because it's such a simple question, but it can really transform the connection you have with them. Yeah, I love that. I if you have littler ones, right? Like you have toddlers. So mm -hmm. how can you ask? So I know some of our listeners have big kids and could just say like, how do you know I love you? Yeah, right? well, yeah, and they would yeah. tell them. Um, but if you have littler ones, how do you kind of tease that out um, in that early Good communication? Question. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So with, especially my third, uh, my third, oh my goodness, I was third grade <laughs> teacher. So now my three-year-old son with my three-year-old, what I do with him is I like giving choices just because I feel like that's easy for kids to just like simply give a response instead of it being like abstract. So I say to him, like, if he's upset or something, I'll just say, do you want mommy to hold you? Or do you want me to, um, and, and then I'll like give the, a different version, right? So yeah. do you want mommy to hold you? Or do you want me to give you some space, you know, and, and that alone, he can then identify which one would make him feel more loved in the moment. And, um, and then usually if he is upset, I wait until he calms down a little bit before I do like a little teaching point or a little more of a conversation with him. So, but yeah, I would say giving a quick choice, uh, is the best way of addressing the little ones with that. Yeah. I think this is such an interesting concept because we talk, you know, I think probably parents are maybe familiar with the five love languages, right? We'll put it in the mm -hmm. show notes if you're not, um, but they're probably familiar with that. And they probably, when they've read it, are really thinking about interaction with their spouse or or a partner, like some sort of love relationship, right? Yes, That's absolutely. That's probably themselves, right? What do I love? And what does my partner love or my husband love? And mm -hmm. probably not as many of us have read the kid version and probably mm -hmm. not as many of us have thought, how do my kids feel loved? Like I've certainly thought, how do, how are my kids most effectively disciplined? And that's different. That's different. Right. But yeah, do we think about how they are, they feel loved differently. And I, I know my kids definitely do like my mm -hmm. oldest son, 
would much rather us like go, well, he, my husband, cause I, I do not play catch. I cannot catch the ball, but he <laughs> would much rather him go spend time with him, right. Come outside and play catch with me, come outside and hit a ball with me, come outside and swim with me. He would much rather have that type of affection. Mm-hmm. Whereas my youngest son is like the snuggler of all snugglers, right? Like he wants to climb in your lap and lay down, you know, he's five. So he's still little enough to lay in your lap. And he wants to like, just take all that in. He closes his eyes. He's like full into it. Right. And so these, the, and my, my oldest, even when he was five was not like that. He was certainly like, come play a game with me, come hang out with me. And so I can see, and, you know, of course I have daughters too, but I can see the differences in the kids in what they really like the most and even without asking them. And then I bet if I asked them directly, then they would share some of those things. How do I know you love you? Cause you come and you know, you do this with me or you take me this place or um, you know, or you hold me. And yeah. And absolutely. so I love that. Yeah. And I see that with my kids too. Cause again, they're three and one, but you can, you can pick up on that pretty well. Like my daughter is absolutely the snuggler. I was like, okay, I got my little mini me for sure yes. with that one. And then with my son, he's absolutely quality time too. So making sure I'm with him, giving him full attention is definitely um, a way that he feels loved that I've seen so far. Of course that can change over time. So it's, it's just good to be aware of it. I think. Yeah. So do you think that learning this helps, helps parents be more intentional? Um, how does it help us to be better connected to our kids? Yeah, I would definitely say it helps you just be more intentional. And, um, and I have an example to kind of answer that question for you. So I'm someone who doesn't necessarily need gifts. And so for, um, I've been told in the past by people saying like, yeah, but I give you so much, like I've given you this, this, and this. And I'm like, but I don't feel like the same love that I could, if you did X, Y, and Z, you know? And so I think that kind of answers that for you. It's, it's just, um, it really does determine the connection that you have and how like meaningful it feels uh, between like child and parent, I would say. Yeah. And I think as parents, we want, we want our kids to know that we love them like bucket loads, right? We want oh, them to sure. know <laughs> that they are the just best thing that we've ever, that we've ever done. And mm-hmm. so if we know the best way to show them and how they feel it the best then we can intentionally show it to them. Right. And even if that's different between if you have multiple children, like we both do, you can show them differently, but can show them, you know, that you are, you know, the light of my life or whatever. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And I just think it's so meaningful that you're taking the the time to learn what is their love language, you know? And so it's like, what, what is it that makes you feel super comforted by me? Yeah. Cause it is different for everyone. Yeah. And I think, uh, especially as, you know, you have little littles, I have middle littles, and then we mm-hmm. definitely talk to moms that have big littles <laughs> yep. you know, that, so knowing some of these things, especially if they don't change a lot and they kind of stay consistent, knowing how to show your teen that you love them most and having those conversations ha- and saying, how do you know that I love you? Maybe it is that you go hang out at the mall, but maybe it is that you just give them a big hug, or maybe it's that you scratch their back. You know, there's like, you know, definitely big boys that like that back scratch still. (laughs) And so, so I think just knowing that really helps us stay connected and helps us with some of those alternate ways of connecting. Cause Mm -hmm. we're so, we're so, we tend to lean to the things that we feel right. So like, I never give gifts because gifts are no big deal to me. And I know that that other people love them. My husband loves them. So I have to remember 
I have to think about intentionally think about giving gifts because I know that that shows love to so many other people. And so yeah, just being intentional, being thoughtful about it. I think that's really just so powerful for us. I think we, I want to talk about, there's another strategy that you have on behavior, right? Improving children's <laughs> behavior and holy moly. I think that a lot of us would love to know more about that. So <laughs> will you share a little more on that one? So I'm laughing because I hit, holy moly, a mommy <laughs> meltdown moment uh, around Christmas this year. And I was like, what the heck do I do? <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, I'm losing my mind. I'm trying everything and it's not working. And finally I was like, okay, Michelle, hello. You strategies you've done in the past with your class. Like you had the toughest. Um, and when I say toughest students, they, they intentionally put a lot of those, um, children who just need a lot of love in my class because of the patience that I had and the love that I would give them. And I secretly loved that. <laughs> so it was exhausting, but it was the best at the same time. Um, but yeah, so I was like, okay, use what you've done there. Let's try it. It can't hurt. I swear within like a week, it was a world of a difference with my son. So one thing in particular is I love visuals. Um, I'm a visual learner too, but especially with kids, honestly, varying ages, they benefit from visuals. So I have a chart that, um, that I describe a ton in the course and give away, but, um, it's a visual as like the daily routine, because I, what I was finding was the, um, he was having like these little tantrums and meltdowns during any transition. So it would be like, okay, we got to get in the car. We got to go wherever. And it was just like, boom, meltdown. And I was like, okay, we can prevent this. So I have this chart upstairs and it's our little routine and it's super cute. And we just move a little star next to each of the events that are happening. And, um, and that's something that has just made a world of a difference because it helps the kids know what to expect, but then it also helps them pre prepare for those transitions in a way that just makes it feel a little lighter at home. Yes. I, so you're speaking my language. I love a checklist. We used <laughs> to too. have a checklist that was a visual checklist right by our front door. And it was things that they needed to get ready for school or daycare. It was kind of, so yep. they all needed a lunch. They all needed a backpack. They all needed, right. They, they were taking them to different places, but they all needed shoes on their feet. <laughs> there were yep. all these That's pictures. In there too, yeah. Oh dear. <laughs> so you could just say, go look at the checklist and they exactly. would, and that worked for a variety of ages. And now this last couple of summers, I have used checklists for when they wake up in the morning. So big kids to little kids, we yeah. have a checklist of these are all the things that you need to do before you get to go play with your friends, before you get electronics, before you get, you know, the, the fun stuff that they want in, yeah. in the summer schedule. And so that's worked for big and little, uh, and I've just yeah, used and it extra helps pictures. Them yeah. Yeah. And it helps them be more independent too, because it's like, I don't want to be standing over them nagging, like, go do this, go do that. It's like, I want them to just look at a chart, know what needs to be done. And within days, my son was, who was at the time two and change was telling me what to do. And one day I changed, Oh no, I switched dinner and bath. And he was like, mommy, no, we do uh, dinner then bath. And I was like, oh, you're right. I'm so sorry. And yes. so it was just really cool to see that, that switch. Yes. We know. So it's funny because everyone's like, Oh, I just like to be, you know, like a lot of moms will be like, well, I just like to be spontaneous. No, no, no. You can still be spontaneous, but your mind oh, still likes routines. Your mind likes certain routines. And so do kids. Mm -hmm. Kids really like those routines. Definitely. And yeah. I just, I love that you teach this and I love that you give it away in your program. Cause it's perfect. Um, because I really just think it's so, so effective in creating calm, 
creating expectation, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Creating, and I have to imagine that was the same in your classroom with loads of kids. Everyone mm-hmm. knew what to expect. Everyone knew what exactly. was coming next. And it just causes, um, it it gets rid of that frustration or that like, I guess, unknown. meltdown. Yeah, like, that meltdown yeah. of the unknown because that's what would happen is he wasn't necessarily sure what happened and your kiddo would have a meltdown, right? Or right. mine, you know, throw fits or, you know, fight about exactly. this or fight about that. And it is, yeah. I, I love the fact that it gives them that calm, but it also, you're right. The independence has been huge because mm-hmm. for me, I would wake up in the morning and I would start working super, super early, but when they would wake up, I'd still be working in the, you know, mm-hmm. our summer schedules, even if we shift them, we're, I, I want them to kind of wake up and be on their own for the things they can do on their own. And so that was yeah. really helpful for that too. Yeah. Yeah. And for me with the little ones, it's like, it was helpful for me. I'm, I'm definitely a parent who wants independence with my kids, even at such a young age, because we have a lot of little ones. So like, I can't be babying a three-year-old right now and taking care of the actual baby with a baby on the way. <laughs> so yes. I'm like, I'm like, okay, you need to be able to do like a, a few more things for us here. Yeah. <laughs> but it makes him feel so good. And he truly does feel like a big boy, you know? And and it's all within reason, of course, but uh, yes. it helps the house. <laughs> and one of the things we talked about in our club this month was um, finding good behaviors and praising them, right? Like oh, yeah. that positive yep. reinforcement. So did you find that because they had the chart and they could easily do some of the things on there, it was so easy to find things to praise? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And that's something just as a teacher too, that I was so big with, because even um, like this one quote that I love is, um, oh my goodness, I'm going to butcher it. It's like the kids who need the most love find, um, show us in the most unloving ways. And I always would remind, like, remind myself of that because if I was frustrated with a student or my child, I would be like, okay, he needs something. She needs something. What is it? let me figure it out, you know, and, and that just is, that can just change the whole way you approach the situation. So instead of blowing up at them and needing their frustration, you can be the calm that brings them down from it. Oh, that hit me so hard today. We had a rough moment with one of my kiddos last night and it was all fine this morning and lots of hugs and love, but yes, the, it is, um, it is absolutely true that meeting them with frustration is not the that's never the solution. Yeah, I've done that before. And that's why I can confidently say, don't do it. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes it's so hard, right? Oh, we, and our happens. emotions run high. Oh, yeah. We've got to take those breaks, hit that pause button Absolutely. sometimes. Oh man. Yeah. Michelle, these are awesome. I love these recommendations. I think these are so great. I want to make sure that we have time to talk about a couple of questions that we love to ask all our moms. Yes, go for and it. And one is, when do you feel most like a super mom? Okay, so this one is easy. Um, I feel like a super mom when I have uninterrupted time with my kids and we're all like laughing and having fun. So no matter what that means, uh, that's definitely when I feel like a super mom. When it's like, I'm, I see the balance of work and family just working well. Yes. Yes. So good. That's such an amazing feeling, right? It's just everything feels, (laughs) everything feels like it's in perfect balance when, when that kind of thing happens. I love it. And then our last question is we always ask what's one small step that busy moms can do today if they want to get started on what we talked about. Yeah. So the one I have two things, but I'll, I'll go with one. Um, so one is 
determine a hectic time in the day, in your day schedule, and intentionally plan, I like to call it a daily dose of fun. So that doesn't mean it has to last an hour because we're all busy. We don't have an hour to just sit and chill with the kids um, sometimes. And so what we do is that, I don't know if witching hour is a real thing, but we have witching <laughs> hours at night at four, at four o'clock it starts. And it's always like, bonkers in our house. And so that was always a really stressful time that I would get frustrated and, uh, and the kids would be whiny and just a mess. Um, so we actually do a dance party at that time, every single night. And so we kind of like dance our way to the table when we are ready for dinner at that, um, at that point. So what I would recommend is determine what does that look like for you? Like, what is that hectic or crazy moment of the day that you're like, I just wish this could go better. And then find some sort of thing that you can incorporate to just make it a little bit lighter, a little bit more fun. I love it. I love it. Yes. Because, uh, I think we do all have what, you know, whether that's in the morning, right. There's some sort of witching hour in the morning, which yep. hour at night, there's all, there's <laughs> these things. And you're like looking at, you're looking around going, what is happening yeah, right now? Like, what is happening? So yeah, switch. <laughs> I know it really does feel like it. Oh, I think that's great. Michelle, where can everybody find you if they want to find you um, and learn more about the program? Yep, absolutely. So Instagram, um, it is at Fixer Upper Parenting. And the website you can go to is www.supermom.fixerupperparenting.com. Fantastic. This was so great. Thanks so much for being on the show. Thank you. I really enjoyed this a lot. Wait, before you go, did you know that we can work together one-on-one? You and me, side-by-side, reaching your biggest goals. If you've been listening to this podcast and you still feel like you need help finding that delicate balance between a fulfilling career and successful parenting, then I encourage you to schedule a call with me totally free. On this call, we'll discuss exactly what you want out of your family, your career, and your life, and discover the next best step for you. Head to secretsofsupermom.com forward slash connect to book your call. Thanks for listening to the Secrets of Supermom show. It doesn't have to end here. Head over to secretsofsupermom.com and take the quiz to find out your personalized supermom superpower. Or if you want to hang out in the next best thing to real life, join me at Secrets of Supermom on Facebook or Instagram. Big hug, y'all.